Well, first up, let's head to Mexico City, where the leaders of Canada, the U.S., and Mexico gathered for the North American Leaders Summit, also known, of course, as the Three Amigos. Lots to talk about, including fighting cartels and crime, fentanyl, immigration. But the main focus was economic, a little more than three years since NAFTA was scrapped by then-President Trump to be replaced by a new agreement, uh, whose acronym I can never remember, but is USMCA. People remember what happened just a few years ago when the certainty of this partnership was in question. Investors, businesses, workers and citizens all worried about what would happen. When free trade is at risk, that isn't good for competition in the global market. Thankfully, the belief in free and fair trade won the day. The Prime Minister there uh, speaking in Mexico City today. Um, Prime Minister Trudeau did sit down for a one-on-one meeting with President Biden. Details of exactly what they talked about were kept private. Uh, There were some irritants going into this. Canada and the U.S. upset with uh, President Lopez Obrador of Mexico for violating the free trade pact by favoring Mexico's state-owned utility over power plants built by foreign and private investors. Some protectionism on the Mexican side there. Um, Trudeau and Lopez Obrador concerned about Biden's efforts to boost domestic manufacturing, so-called America First stuff. Um, And today, Trudeau did speak about emphasizing free trade between the U.S. and Canada, between the three partners, really. You know, 80% of our exports, nearly 80% of our exports go to the U.S. Here is the Prime Minister again. Yes, we're at a time of challenges and strife, but you're right, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, especially uh, for those of us in our countries. But it's going to take a lot of work, something that neither you nor I nor mostly our citizens have ever been afraid of. Uh, Rolling up our sleeves and building that better future and those better communities is absolutely essential. The Prime Minister uh, sitting with Joe Biden today. We do know they worked out uh, a few things, a temporary fix to that fight over the Nexus Trusted Traveler System, and President Biden will indeed make his first trip to Canada as president in March. Well, joining me now with more on this from Calgary tonight is Goldie Hyder. He's president and CEO of the Canadian Business Council. He was or is just back from Mexico City. Welcome home or welcome back. Yeah, literally just back. Good to be with you again, Ben. Happy New Year to you. Yes, and you. Um, What was it like? I mean, the atmosphere, it's been a while since we've had one of these in person. Uh, What was it like to be all gathered there? And I gather that business leaders, including yourselves, were all down there taking part in this for perhaps the first time in this way. Well, I think that's the real story is where we find ourselves is governments who normally meet with each other and, you know, kind of discuss what it is that they need to do. I think uh, appreciated the fact that they had an opportunity to actually sit down with business leaders from all three countries, because when all is said and done, and they acknowledge this at the gatherings that we had, um, it's the business community that executes. It's the, it's they're the ones who create the jobs. They're the ones who bring in the business. They're the ones who hire people to, you know, to to help in, in execute the agreements that these governments are making. So it was really nice to see. Um, I can tell you that the business leaders I spoke with in all three countries felt that there was goodwill established here. There's a spirit of partnership, a spirit of collaboration and a recognition, just as we saw in COVID. Ben, I always come back to COVID as an example of where I don't think the public cared who did what. They just wanted to make sure that they were going to be okay, that they had a job, that they were going to be taken care of. Governments did their part, but business community did a lot during that as well. And when we find ourselves in geopolitical risks that's going on out there, I think the people have the same attitude. They're worried about their own issues. They expect business and government and others to do what they need to do, work together, play nice, and get the results for the people. 
I know you went into this uh, asking, you even wrote a letter to this effect, uh, asking for a real spirit of cooperation between our three countries. You called protectionism uh, in another interview, politically logical, but practically illogical, uh, to quote Spock. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it's this is a time when we would think that this is um, time for Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. to, to join forces. It's, it's competitive out there, and we are natural partners. Yeah, that's one of the main messages I had the opportunity when the Prime Minister was there to kind of kick off the, the response from the business communities. And the main message that all three of our, our business associations from our respective countries was simply this. Um, the world is changing and it's changing very fast. And uh, you can't dictate how that happens. It's already happening. If you look at the European Union, you know, despite what everybody thinks about Europe, it's held together. It's a strong block of countries where critical mass is there. You look at what's taking place in the Indo-Pacific and in Asia. I mean, we have trade agreements, of one of the largest, the largest trade agreement called the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership. That's 30% of the global GDP, 30%, you know, of, of uh, a population. And guess what? It doesn't just include democracies. It's got China. It's got other countries that are involved. Australia is there as a democracy. And so you're seeing that even where there's ideological differences, countries are coming together because there's strength in numbers. But for whatever reason, Ben, and I don't know what the reason is, North America has always acted as what I call me, myself, and I. And it's either take care of yourselves or it's just have a good relationship with America. What we've been able to say to the business, uh, to the governments is, the new world in which we find ourselves, if we don't beef up, if you will, if we don't have critical mass, we're not going to be able to compete with those blocks. And so we really advocated for what we call the North American you know, team, a North American jersey, if you will. Yes, we're going to have competition amongst ourselves. We have competition inside Canada. There's nothing wrong with competition. In fact, we want to see more competition because competition is good for the consumer. But let North America realize that we're going to be stronger if we fight this fight together than if we fight inside each other's tent here because the, the battle is not from inside. It's for the rest of the world. And I think from what I saw, governments have realized, I had an opportunity to speak with uh, Secretary Blinken directly, and he was saying, look, you know, this is, this is what we're seeing. You know, the pace of change, the rate of change is happening so fast. He said it's a growing, you know, it's a growth industry, you know, change. We've change got to is figure out how to manage that. We've got to figure out how to manage that. And, and I think this is what Canadians, you know, as I said, they're not thinking about this at their dinner tables. They're expecting us to do it for them. Yeah, but I guess if, if we look back, you know, memories of 2019 are still pretty vivid, you know, about an, an unpredictable America is, I think, part of what's been mm -hmm. the problem here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, America, I mean, within our, unlike, say, the European Union, where the France and Germany sort of counterbalance each other to some extent, um, you know, this is this is really one big, one big player in the yard, and both of us sort of uh, very important, but still, um, do you still get the sense that that's passed? I mean, with what's happened with, you know, with the, with with the House of Representatives now, Kevin mm -hmm, McCarthy, mm -hmm. and so forth. I mean, we're all looking over our shoulder a little bit. Well, let me say two things about that. First of all, we put a lot of emphasis on populism, and we immediately think right. Truth is, populism exists at both ends of the spectrum. And we've mm -hmm. got to be very careful, because that illogic that I spoke about exists on both sides. Right. Uh, it is illogical to be talking about no trade agreements and protectionism and you know, tariffs and all of those things that the right has done at times. It's equally illogical to believe that government can do everything for society and the deficits and debt don't matter. And, you know, just uh, everybody, you know, we're going to take care of you. The truth of the matter is, and I think most people in all of North America, certainly in North America, I would say, and for sure in Canada, or what my father likes to say, are people of the radical middle. We're not that hard left, and we're not that hard right. We're centrist, we're moderate, we believe in social policy, but we also believe in good fiscal policy, right? We kind of want the country to be run yeah. in a way in which we run our lives.
right? So the, that's Goldilocks, the, the Goldilocks theory, yeah, the Goldilocks yeah, theory. Right? It's just right. The second yeah. point, which is really goes to the core of your question, is the fact that trade has become a dirty word. And there's a history we can go over as to how that's happened. But the bottom line is it doesn't make it so just because somebody is trying to demonize trade. The reality is trade is what helps create the jobs. Trade is what helps, you know, when your customer goes and buys something and says, man, I like buying my phone at, you know, $100 and not $500. That's trade making that possible. So we've got to figure out where do we add value in the supply chain around the world. And the answer, let me start with where I'm sitting right now in Alberta, is energy. A huge part of our GDP is energy. But you know what? Uh, we've got to build the trade-enabling infrastructure to get that product to market. Wherever I've traveled, they've said, it's a shame you can't get us more. It's a shame yep. you can't get us LNG. You saw what we did to the Germans. You and I have spoken about that before. This is, mm-hmm. this is an area where our government and, and has to do better. And we've got to do better working with them to say, let's figure out how to leverage the fact that our energy industry has growth for the next 20 to 30 years. That will subsidize the innovation necessary to address the emissions reductions and the climate change, right? We can get countries off coal, not, not just other coal. And yet we're not able to get the product to market. So we've got to address that issue here. But we've also got the critical minerals. But you know where they are, Ben? They're in the ground. We've got to have an infrastructure, sorry, a regulatory process that encourages capital to form and and has confidence that whether governments come and whether governments change, that the project stays, the project can go ahead, the jobs that are available to be created in northern, in remote communities in northern Ontario and other places is phenomenal growth to be had but not if we don't have the policy framework that attracts the capital. And right now, we don't. There's too much uncertainty, and that's why you're not seeing any of these projects. Some of the companies that were in our delegation are investing in Mexico. The same yeah, companies no, that could be investing in Canada yeah. are investing in Mexico. The Nexus, I know, I know this isn't really uh, your lane, but the Nexus agreement <laughs> seemed to be something that was important to people who travel a lot, specifically business people. Uh, it looks like they finally came up with a workaround. That seems to be good news. It was strange how long uh, this took them to figure out. Yeah, it's an example of what, what I was trying to stress at the meeting, that we have too many irritants that keep us distracted and you know, on the ground floor, and we've got much bigger issues here. Great news that they got it resolved. It is in our lane because, as you said, businesses are very affected by this. Uh, we had written to the U.S. ambassador. I'd worked very closely with the Canadian ambassador and saw her just yesterday and uh, was delighted that we were able to get this. Uh, they were able to get this across the uh, the finish line. And you'd be surprised, by the way, there are a lot of Canadians who get their Nexus Pass just to be able to use it. Uh, including many families. So I think they'll be relieved. And I, I can tell you personally, um, my renewal already showed up without an interview or anything. So it's clearly working. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed the head, the, head of, the head of, I mean, the irritants remain, right? I mean, there are yes, always yes. things that will make sense politically. I noticed the head of TC Energy was down there with you. I was thinking back yes. to Keystone XL. Um, mm-hmm. where, do, where do you see both, where do, coming up this year, we're, and with President Biden coming to Canada for the first time as president, which is always yeah. good. Um, where do you see the challenges? Where do you see the irritants this year? And also, what are the things that, that you think will pleasantly surprise us this year in this relationship, given what you've just seen? Yeah. So we look, we stress the, the importance of just recognizing that trade agreements and relationships between countries are really like a marriage. There are going to be things you're going to argue about that you're going to disagree over. But you don't get a divorce every time you have an argument and you disagree about something. You acknowledge it. You hear the other person out. You, you know, in this case, we have a me- we have a dispute mechanism, a resolution mechanism, which we should honor. Uh, you can you can go to a, a body. You can have a, you can have an, you know, make your case. And somebody says this is what the outcome is. What we said to them is 
honor the, the, rule, the rules that are in place. If you lose, you lose. You honor the agreement, and we keep going forward. Otherwise, while the rest of the world's moving on and thinking big and acting with ambition and, and urgency, we're going to be here playing small ball, running around talking about issues that, as you rightly note, Ben, are largely political, so they may or may not get resolved because of the politics. We need to think big picture, and that's the main push that we were able to, to, to drive home there. And when you mention challenges, the big challenge actually um, is what's called the Inflation Reduction Act in the United States. I'm sure listeners are, are not thinking, what's that? Um, at the end of the day, what it really is, is America has decided to go big, and I mean big, on in what, what's called industrial policy, on how they're going to really uh, you know, become a place, a magnet for capital, a magnet for talent, where they're going to go after the critical minerals infrastructure, they're going to go after the semiconductor market and the chips, and they're going to become less reliant on, on, on unreliable uh, you know, uh, countries in their mind. And what they've done is effectively made everybody else, France, Japan, Korea, Canada, and others are saying, hang on a minute here. I thought we were going to like French shore and near shore. Where's that? Yeah. Where's that? And so we've and got to go the to them and say, we realize you're the G1 and we realize that you can print money because you're the global currency. But my, our message, and I said this to many of the American administration people that I met with, is a strong America comes from a strong North America. You benefiting at the expense of Canada and Mexico is not good for you. Never mind not good for North America. If you have problems in Mexico or you have issues in Canada, you're in the neighborhood. It's going to spill over. So let's work together. Let's figure out how we can build those supply chains and, and the integrity of those supply chains. Let's not be protectionist. Let's not be territorial. Let's not think small. Let's think big about how North America can compete. And as I said, at least expressions and the follow-up, there was a sense of optimism. And the prime minister, I thought, did a superb job in really making the case for trade. Because as you know, in the United States, it's a dirty word. No one talks about trade. And they have a new, a new word called frameworks, whatever that is. Right? It's remarkable. You know, I mean, the ultimate trading nation has stopped talking yes. about trade. It is so yes. bizarre. Exactly. And so I, I think it's really important that in, in this case, obviously, you have a very different government in, in Mexico. It was good to see the prime minister make the case uh, for the importance of that. But at the same time, what we're also saying is it, 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 it is important that we are a magnet for capital, that we do build the infrastructure, right, that we are going to be working with leveraging our growth in our in our sectors, which does include the oil and gas sector. It's, it's, it's just happening. If you don't want it to happen here, somebody else somewhere in the world is doing it. I mean, where did the United States go for their oil? when they were having their crisis. They went to Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, and Iran. The same country that shut down Keystone Pipeline went to those countries. And we've got to call them out on it. We've got to say to them, we've got it. And we can get it to you responsibly, lower emissions. I mean, our business community here, I'm proud to say, is making significant. I'm talking hundreds of billions of dollars of plans of investment in things like carbon capture, utilization, and storage to get emissions right out of the sky. And remember one thing about carbon. There's no market for it. You're not going to go out and put it in a gas station and sell it to somebody or a carbon station. It's just cost. Goldie, we're, we're getting played out. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Welcome back. Good to be with you. We'll talk again, I'm sure, Ben. All the best.